Hi, friends. Colin. Hello. Nate. Say hi, Nate. God damn it. You're the one who said do an intro, and then I do an <laughs> intro, and your dumbass can't even pay attention. Well, I'm second to this thing. All right, whatever. I thought you were saying all the names. Jamie and Vito are here too. So uh, Mike Kelly is the first vice president of athletics in USF history. So this guy worked as an associate AD under Leroy Selman. We briefly crossed over. I think he and I worked in the department together for like all of like five or six months at most. So I do know Mike, but I do not know Mike well. But he was somebody who came from that culture of when USF was forward thinking and productive. And that's why I'm so very excited. So since then, he left USF, then he went and ran three Super Bowls. And then he became the chief operating officer of the college football playoff. So literally, he knows everybody in college athletics. Oh, and by the way, he was also associate commissioner of the ACC for six years, I believe. 2007 to 2012. Right. So forgot about that part. Kind of important. So he knows all the players and all of the programs throughout the power five. If anyone can get us out of this conference morass, it's somebody with relationships and somebody who can continue to build and grow this program. This is a guy who can do both. We mentioned him on the podcast before I mentioned his name. I think it was on the last podcast that we did down at, uh, down at the wave. And I said, how are you going to get that guy? How are you going to get that guy to leave this job? Well, we don't know what they're paying him yet, but they got that guy to leave for this job. They can and, pay him they want. I don't care. And I don't care what that check is because yeah. you got sometimes this is what you got to do. But they got the guy. And, you know, obviously, I thought Rob Higgins would have been a hell of a candidate. I thought Derek Brooks would have done a nice job, too, just in terms of fundraising and community development. But it, to get this guy who has this level of experience, um, you know, when he worked with the ACC, I, I talked to people today who had worked with him when he was at the ACC. They love him. Mm-hmm. Everyone who I knew when I, I worked at USF, everyone loved him. And, and everyone who I've talked to since and who has known him loves this guy. And that's why I'm so excited because we got, a, a, a from what I know, a very good person, someone who comes from the right culture, somebody who brings the right relationships, and someone who clearly, if he's willing to take this job, cares about this university yes and that is exactly what we needed this is the best hire i think this is the best hire usf athletics has ever made um well we were see we just sort of was like an interim they pointed him interim after they had to fire paul griffin and then when they did fire paul griffin they just sort of had him as the like, oh, this makes sense. He's doing a really good job. We should keep him. I think it's the best hire since Leroy was actually hired in, what was it, 1993 to start funding? Yeah. It's, it's the best AD hire we've ever made, for sure. It's the best major hire, uh, which would be a football coach, a basketball coach, or an athletic director in the history of the program. Yes. And yeah, I'm just, I'm stunned. I, could, I, I, I got a little heads up, and I was Ward and fist pumping all at the same time. Yeah, you wouldn't even tell us, you bastard. I yeah, I didn't tell I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm so happy because this is the the thing that always USF always comes up a little bit short and doesn't quite get this guy. They don't quite get the football coach that they could get. They don't quite get the athletic director. They don't get the reach candidate, and they finally got the damn reach candidate. And you know. I just I'm stunned and so happy and I am so excited about our future now.
I've always believed that administrations win championships more than coaches do. And this is this guy's going to build an administration that's going to win championships, that's going to get us out of this morass, that's going to get a stadium built, that's going to get a football facility done. And, and the people that who were involved with this hire, the names that I've heard, are the kind of people who can get it done. So, Well, that kind of from probably the next thing. Did this is this a result of the search committee or is this something that happened organically? I don't know. I had heard some things about the search committee being a bit like not really doing anything like at all. Those two public meetings you saw were like basically everything that was happening. And I still don't know if Mike Kelly's name was ever even presented to the search committee for any kind of vote or approval, et cetera. They might have just dissolved this thing and not have even like gone back to them and said, hey, by the way, Mike Kelly's the next athletic director. They could have read it on Twitter just as easily. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know that to be true, but it's possible. I feel like the, the first hint that the search committee may not have been may have just kind of been a front was yesterday when they called the meeting to happen in like less than an hour when there's a member of the committee who is the chair, the chancellor at Sarasota Manatee, which by the way is more than an hour from downtown Seattle where they're having the meeting. It was physically impossible for her to get there by the time they called the meeting. So maybe this wasn't like really the process. Yep. In both meetings, they did not have all five members of the search committee on hand at either meeting. First meeting had three. Second meeting had four of the five. Uh, what this search committee did I, is really up for debate. And I think it was kind of just for show and Dr. Bill Sutton and Bob Odin kind of took over from there. So I agree with that. However, we are here at thedailysteambeat.com. We talk about process a lot. And normally, um, we are very process. Yeah. So, like, we normally say, you know, if even if you scored a touchdown on the play, if you had a total breakdown and you just happened to get lucky, um, that's bad process, good outcome. This is maybe the most bad process, good outcome. <laughs> Um, but see, I don't really know about that because this could have all happened in, in secret and it actually was a good process and we'll just never know what it was. Right. But um, publicly, it looked like a horrible process. But with this reminds outcome. me of the Quinn Flowers touchdown against UConn where he jukes like eight dudes after the play just breaks down and still scores. <laughs> right. Like, oh, like we defended that. Um, yeah, but so I would rather have bad process and tremendous outcome than a spectacular process that leads us to some middling white guy AD from who's never been in Tampa before in his life. And almost always had bad process, good outcome. Yeah. And so this is bad process, good outcome, but man, I mean, look, if Mike Kelly walked in and said, I'll take the job, but you have to make me vice president, pay me a million dollars a year. And uh, you have to tell me right now that I'm accepted. I don't have time for a committee and I'm not interviewing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like the flow chart, all right. except put in uh, Mike Kelly as opposed to Rob Higgins. Hey, what do you want? Okay, here, just take it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I wrote that flow chart four years ago, and that was I would have probably put Mike Kelly's name on it if I thought USF could ever get Mike Kelly to be their athletic director. I just put Rob Higgins because he's the most attainable candidate at the time. But yeah, 100%. same process. Yeah. Does Mike Kelly want the job? Yes. Congratulations, he's hired. Done. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Mark Harlan got 700,000 for his first year at Utah over under 700,000 for Mike Kelly going over. 
over. Now, over. I don't know if USF is giving him every dollar of that. Maybe there's like some sort of fund. I don't know where that might be. But okay, so, yeah, over. So the way this works is there's a there's a um, a state cap on uh, how much you can pay any employee before they get to the foundation money. And I think it's a two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. And then anything beyond that is paid by the foundation, even though it's all included in the same contract. Uh-huh. So we should get this contract. I can't imagine they would try and hide this one on us. I've uh, I put in the FOIA. I got a response from USF's media relations guy, mm-hmm. um, and he said, when I get it, you'll have it, or I'll respond to you when I get it, or something okay. like that. So, so that's cool. You know, you can't really you can't really hide a full salary. You can't really hide a, an employee's salary. So we'll find out. I'm going to take over on 700000 but under a million. Okay. First order of business for Mike Kelly, what is it? How does he attain it? Go meet everybody. Go get win. First of all, win the press conference. Like he's going to get people there. I talked to a few people today. They're like, "You going to the press conference?" Absolutely. Now I got. I got. I'm leaving town this weekend. It looks like so. I'm probably not going to be able to make it if it's. Uh, I'll yeah. be there. But, but but like just people that have been around USF athletics for a long time that love the program. Some of them that worked with Mike. Okay, they're all going. Like if you had just hired some rando off the street, you're not getting that kind of community buy-in. You're getting that kind of pre-filled. People are going, yeah, of course I'm going to the press conference. That wouldn't have happened. That didn't happen for Mark Harlan. That didn't happen for Doug Willard. But it will happen for Mike Kelly. And that's the difference. You know, you get somebody who gets on the ground. So one, win the press conference. Two, just go out and, and meet your people. Assess strengths and weaknesses. And, and three, get donors involved early and often. You ask them what they want what they want to see out of this program. But the first thing any AD should come to come through is just listen. You may have ideas about where you want to go, but not necessarily assess things on the ground. Just come in and listen. And to Mark Harlan's credit, he he had breakfast with me and like hundreds of other people too, I'm sure. But when he got here, we met, we talked, he asked what I thought about the program, da 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 da. And then then you sort of set an agenda. And I think that's what Mike will most likely do. That uh, seems like a good plan to me, as long as he Bill Hancock, the CFP commissioner, president, said that he's a great listener and he's good at getting consensus. So hopefully that carries over. And I mean, from the national media side, uh, everyone thought that we crushed this hire. Kirk Herbstreet tweeted out that it was a great hire by USF to bring him back to USF as the AD and wished him well. Ralph Russo from the AP said that it was the first name that he thought of and thinks Kelly could be in line to become the ACC commissioner once Wofford steps down. So this is a good hire. Stuart, Stuart Mandel said congrats to Michael and USF, a home run hire. I, we, I think we absolutely nailed it. I think the most important thing is he doesn't come with the baggage that Tom Yarch has. And thank God I don't have to eat crow. and god that would have sucked and we would have actually made we would have physically gotten a crow and actually made you weird too um give it the video yeah um (laughs) as far as the jurich thing so at one point i had just heard from so many people that look like the donors are pushing hard for this guy and there was a, a real tangible 
movement to try and get him on board. He was certainly not opposed to that movement. How much he was stoking it, I don't know, but he was certainly aware and not like denying interest. That's for sure. Um, but the when everyone heard Michael Kelly, as far as I know, was available, then they all just backed off the church and said, "Oh yeah, hire this guy." Yeah, so. it sounds like kind of like the Bob Huggins push from what 2006 or 2007. Uh, except there was an even better candidate waiting in the wings that nobody realized until the very end. Right. So it just died a quick death. Exactly. Yep. So phenomenal. Um, let's see. Let's let's see if there are any questions related to this because we got a bunch of Twitter questions that they all wanted to know. Uh, let's find out what kind of fundraising strategy you expect to see under Kelly. Go big, go home. He's going to, I think he's going to get to the press conference and say everybody needs to step up and write a check. I, and you know what? I think that I, I have certainly not done anything outside of the volleyball team in a long time for USF. He'll get a check from me. So there you go. Well, that's one. There's only one. Like only about one. seven more million before you can get the IPF. Six hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and fifty bucks. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So where where do we go from here? All right. Charlie Strong is set to make a million dollars this year. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. And then in 20, uh, 19, 20, 20 or 2018, 2019, the next year, it jumps up to two point five million dollars. Because Texas is no longer subsidizing his salary. Correct. So where are we finding that money? And. Does this hire help or hurt our chances of retaining Charlie Strong for more than two years? I'd never really thought that Charlie was going to be here for more than two years because it gets quite expensive for USF to keep him after this year. And I think the deal, as we all understood it, was, okay, Charlie comes here. He has two more good to really good years. He kind of rehabs his coaching reputation after what happened at Texas. And then some big school comes along and hires him away, and he's not our financial problem go hire somebody else if he was going to be here longer than two years that's probably an indication that there's been something unexpectedly bad like if you have it in five this year that'd be why he might be here more yeah. than two years but if he has another good year somebody's gonna hire him and he'll be gone that's why like i read the the jp peterson show tweet about well this might hurt usf's chances to keep and charlie strong no, it doesn't. It, the only thing that hurts USF's chances of keeping Charlie Strong is if he wins. And we all kind of expected that anyway. So I don't see how this makes one makes any difference one way or the other, his chances mm-hmm. to stay. If he has a good season, he's going to go. And it's not it's, only because it's USF can't afford to keep him. Yeah, and it's not just the $1.5 million bump in his base pay. From next this year to next year his assistant coaching pool goes up by 1.15 as well so that's you know, that's a lot of cash to come up with to figure something out and well, texas tech is going to fire cliff kingsbury and then he just gets uh sent to texas tech as a nice little screw you to texas oh i would not <laughs> i wouldn't send my worst enemy to that middle school in lubbock mm-hmm. lubbock is an awful town colin and i can vouch for it i wouldn't Co-sign. send anybody there it's we, it's it's there's no there there we spent a month there one weekend. So, um, okay. So as far as the Charlie thing, because this hashtag bad process, great outcome because of the bad process, I think it's probably fair to say that Charlie was at least interested in his former boss, Tom George, becoming the, the athletic director. 
I think so. And, and so if yes. he never heard of Mike Kelly before, um, and all of a sudden he reads in the, on Twitter that that's his new boss and that's how he finds out. And I don't know what this process was. I'm speculating, but if that's what happened here, then yeah, he might not be real happy about it. Now. I think when he meets Mike and sits down with him, Charlie's a very reasonable man. I know. I think they'll probably get along just fine. It'll be okay in terms of a relationship between, you know, vice president of athletics and football coach, but he might be a little hot under the collar right now about the process. He, I don't know how much Jurish was seriously considered. I've heard, I've heard a lot of donors were pushing for him and I've heard he was also not considered in the slightest whatsoever at all. So the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. I had through this whole process to complete, it was like listening to black and white, like two completely opposite fields of vision about mm-hmm. how this was going to happen. And so that's and, just kind of and it, it's not just Charlie that could have been pushing for Yurik within the department. I know I got multiple people pushing for him. Um, and I don't know if they were, they weren't too happy about the announcement today, but once I kind of talked them off the ledge, they understood it a little bit better just because, I mean, the guy's resume is near damn near flawless. I think uh, Senator Giggity said in our Slack channel, I mean, he got a damn Super Bowl to Jacksonville. I mean, I, I some- said that and actually I, I have to admit the Super Bowl had already been awarded when he went to go work for Jacksonville. He left USF in I think 2002 to go work on the Super Bowl host committee in Jacksonville. So he did not physically get a Super Bowl to Jacksonville, which is too bad because that could get him literally any job on the face of the earth. If you can convince the National Football League to hold the Super Bowl, goddamn Jacksonville, Florida, you're like a Jedi. That is some David Copperfield level uh, fucking wizardry. Yeah. I mean, just to just to keep it there, because, I mean, they took it out of what was it, San Francisco because the stadium wasn't going to be ready a couple for the next <laughs> Tampa Bay one. So, I mean, they kept it in Jacksonville. And uh, so <laughs> kudos to him um, and on his own. It, it truly is. And I think I think we need to kind of go over the title of VP of athletics a little bit further. Um, Greg yeah. Allman yeah. from the Tampa Bay Times mentioned that UCF president Danny White and FSU athletic director Stan Wilcox each have the same title. They are the VP and director of athletics. Whereas Michael Kelly will just be the VP of athletics. And I did some research and the only other person I could see that was mainstream D one, uh, was Vince Tyra. He is also the, he's the VP and director of athletics for Louisville. Seven degrees of separation here, guys. I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference though. Look, Judy, Judy keeps enough of a hand on the athletic department. No matter what you think, she's definitely involved with athletics at, at a presidential level. Uh, how does being a vice president change anything except, you know, title and, and money? I don't think it makes, you know, contracts going to be the same. It's just the amount's going to be different. I don't think it really makes, I think we're, that's my projection is that we're not really making, you know, too much of a change here. And, I mean, regarding uh, other events happening on campus during home games, do you think he, squashes that does he snuff that out or does it kind of just keep on going this is a guy who worked in marketing for usf athletics so if anyone is going to do whatever it takes to get bodies there it's going to be this guy if there's anyone who understands the challenges 
of U.S. I mean, yes, it was 15 years ago, but he gets it. He knows what it's like to have to slave away at, as part of USF athletics to try and get people to go to games. Jamie, um, I think you have some thoughts on this. I don't know if the VP title would have been bestowed on random Midwestern white guy who's never been to Tampa. I agree. And so maybe having a VP of athletics instead of just some, especially a VP of athletics who actually knows what it's like to work at USF and knows some of the inherent challenges. uh, He might have a little bit more heft when he's going to tell Greek life, Hey, stop holding your recruitment events during home games or goes to housing and says, Hey, let these people into their, their building sooner so they don't have to have recruitment on the weekend of a home football game or, you know, dining services, having watch parties for a Thursday night game. You know, I think he might have a little bit more pull in being able to tell the people who need to kind of get on board with committing the football and athletics being part of the campus experience more than they have been. So I'm going to throw this out here too. Here's I'm, I'm like reading the tweets now. I'm on the tweet cap and like Jim Lauk. This might be the most ringing endorsement I've seen from Andretti, and Jim would have worked with Mike as well. Wanted to wait until his official book before commenting, but holy cow, what a good day this turned out to be. You got a holy cow out of Jim Lauk. That is a grand slam <laughs> home run, seventh inning, walk off, upper deck. Congrats on your World Series. Right there. You got a holy cow out of Lauk. It's on. And, and like, I saw, like, every other person that, you know, there aren't many people left um, from the department from when I was there, but like Scott Glazer was who works at the alumni association. I was like, this is, a, yeah, he's tweeted at me. This is a, he, this is such a great hire. And all of the, everyone who knows Mike and Rob Higgins knows him as well as anyone. And he was fawning all over him uh, with quotes today. I called it like, not, this is not a great hire. This is the perfect hire. And that may be true. So I'm telling you, man, look at everyone from the Tampa Bay sports commission that all said something. They all have a relationship yeah. with them. Right. Exactly. Look at all the former USF people like, you know, the John Gerdeses and people who used to work at USF uh-huh. who worked with Mike around that time. They all said the same thing. This is an amazing hire. Yeah. I, I think it's not to be understated. The quad headed monster or tri headed monster of Vinick and Brooks, if you want to combine them into one person, mm-hmm. man, what a, what a, man, what a pitcher. Huh. We should try to do that. Wait. Um, Vinick and Brooks, Rob Higgins, and now Michael Kelly in Tampa. I mean, it's been said like literally every single college event will happen in Tampa from now until oh, 2030. Congratulations on the 2025 college football playoff coming to Tampa as well. We would get one earlier, but they already announced them through 24. So um, we will have the college football playoff back in a near seven years, seven years since the last one. So congratulations to Tampa on that as well. And it will be the same weekend as Gasparilla. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I mean, the NHL all-star game went off without a hitch during Gasparilla weekend, right? College football playoff, slightly bigger event. Um, it's also a lot earlier on eh. the calendar though. Gasparilla's at the end of January. Uh, so we can so, change it. We have the power now. We should keep this relatively tight. What uh, do we have questions? What are the other questions? I saw a ton like on our thing, but are they all like kind of the same question? Yeah, they're all like, kind of the same question. Uh, we got one over under how long he's how long he stays. Five years. How long is the Wake Forest job until how long until the Wake Forest job's open? Five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think anything less than 
three years, it's going to be kind of disappointing. Yeah, I, th- I think he goes over three years. Uh, I it's, I mean, remember, it depends on how long Judy's here, too. The new guy might say, screw this guy. It's possible. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I feel like for he, an athletic director. He would be an director, idiot. He'd be an idiot. But. Yeah. But I feel like for an athletic director, five years is like minimum to get, you know, the lay of the land, get everything down before you are considered for another job. Yeah. All right. So here's here's a question from uh, at Bulls Nathan SBM. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah. So USF, I know, right? USF announced the plans for the football facility in November of 2017. We've raised roughly like $9.5 million for it. Five of which came from the Moomas during the release. So it's really $4.5 million. We need $17 million to make it happen. Where are you getting that 17 number? Because I heard it was 11 to get the indoor part of the facility done. It's, and then like fit and finish is like another even more than 11. That's that 16 to 17 is from Harlan. He said in, in an interview a few months ago, he was like, well, we're, we'll actually need about 16 or 17 for everything. Does he get the funds by the end of the year? Are we breaking ground before February 2019? No. It's going to take time to build the relationships. I mean, just to just to get that done, it's going to take more time. But do I think we have a shovel in the ground by before the season, before the the 2019 season begins? Yes. So no, but it'll be close. Yeah. So by the bowl game next year, we'll be practicing indoors. I don't know if you can build it that fast, but by spring have practice, not, spring practice 2020. Seen, like roller to- roller coaster tycoon, like it can happen, guys. So as long as the one, as long as the indoor facility took at UF to get built, because we went there for the baseball tournament like twice, and it was like two years, and it was being built, and then it was still being built when we went back. So, um, yeah, these things take a while. Okay. There's one. I guess there's really only one final question. Um, we kind of touched on everything. This is from Robert Steeg. He's one of our writers on Facebook. Rank these beers in order of which you would drink first if presented in front of you. PBR, Natty Light, Keystone Light, Bush Light. None. <laughs> the sweet release of death. <laughs> Can I burn the bar to the ground or what are we doing? Is this if it's not if it's absolutely not an option to do any of those things and you had to drink it? I mean, PBR one. Yeah. Um, the other three, I'd probably like fake drink and hope that when I poured it behind my face, it the puddle didn't wasn't visible on the floor. I've, like I kind of do like the silhouette pour where it looks like it's going in my mouth, but really it's like <laughs> to the right of my head and it's just spilling out on the floor. <laughs> I feel like if you drink enough PBR, you can get through those, and you get drunk enough to not realize that you're literally drinking piss with the other three. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't think I've ever had Keystone Light or Bush Light. I, I would get PBR one, Keystone two, Bush three, Natty four. I think. Why would you drink anything that has the word light in it? There are so many other better beers, even yeah. macro brews that don't have I'm, the word I'm light. A little surprised. Uh, a little surprised. Milwaukee's best didn't make this list. <laughs> <laughs> Miller High Life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I have other. I have other. I have other non-terrible questions. Here's okay. one Chicago road trip question uh, from Joe Brennan, Joe V the bull Chicago road trip question. Aside from Wrigley, what are the other 
what are the must-dos for four-day weekend in the Witty City during the Bulls Rotary this fall? Obviously, Cubs game on either Friday or Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, I'm flying back Sunday morning because Eagles Bucks is that is at one o'clock. So I got to take an early flight out of Chicago. But otherwise, last year when we went to or last year, six years ago when we went to Notre Dame, we did a Notre Dame Saturday seven hour game and then a Sunday Cubs game. But um, buying some take definitely one of those days or Friday or Sunday, get some bleacher seeds, drink in Wrigleyville and just suck it up because there's no place like it. It's really it's really amazing and special. Um, just watch Ferris Bueller's day off. They had plenty of ideas. I know yeah. that's that's exact. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. Ooh, I'm going to um, steal a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Not advisable. It yeah, is Cubs Reds at the museum. Yeah. It's Cubs Reds that weekend. So you, you can go Friday. Uh, yeah, so nobody gives a shit. Quality. Yeah, you can probably get into that. I think it's, I, I feel bad that y'all are planning road trips to Chicago. And the only road trip I get to take is to beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hot <laughs> damn. You lose. You better yeah. press your overalls. <laughs> Look, I got to drive through backwoods, Oklahoma. That car is not going less than 75 miles an hour. Is there a front woods, Oklahoma? Uh, that would be Interstate 35, Adventure Road, along all the uh, casinos and like rock quarries and shit. <laughs> that sound like a good adventure. The terrible adventure, Morty. About? Terrible. Is, is there a what? casino in a rock quarry? Please tell me yes. Is there a what? Is there a casino in a rock quarry? I don't think so. No, there's uh. just like rock formations that they carved the highway out. Oh, I forgot to talk about uh, noodling. You can do that too. Pardon me? Gross. Noodling. It's uh, well, actually, that usually yeah. The, yeah, the catfish thing in Paul's Valley. Big, big thing. Not going. Go see the giant go, bean in the park if you want to be, you know, crazy tourist guy. What about the uh, pizza casserole? Well, yeah, go get one of those too. Like anywhere, yeah. Giordano's or wherever the fuck it is. I would like to take this time that we're just kind of bullshitting and say, uh, Bucks Twitter and Bucks fans are the fucking worst. The NFL is they a are <laughs> the NFL. terrible. All the way around is the worst. It's fucking terrible. And if you're a Bucks fan, it means you're a stupid NFL fan, which is just, uh, God, it's just a qualifier on top of being a moron. Uh, Greg Allman tweeted that he's heard that Bridgewater, Foles, Glennon, Kaepernick, Manziel are all making regular appearances on his timeline as potential replacements for Jameis Winston. No, I'll tell due you. To the, for three the, games? Come on, yeah. man. It, well, if the Bucks happen to cut them. They're going to And then Joey, Joey Knight tweets out, I say trade for Quentin Flowers. I've seen what he can do on the field. <laughs> oh, that's a bad tweet. Oh, that's, oh, a, Joey, that's, a, that's a bad take. That's a bad that's take. A bad take. <laughs> oh, I think he's being sarcastic. And it's I hope so. <laughs> oh, he is. For he's sure. on vacation on the lake. He might be a couple beers he, in. Who knows? He is giving no Fs right now. Using, that crap. Using I, that you know, if we're talking Teddy. about, you know, Joey's uh, stump players. Why don't we just trade for Marvin Kloss? Uh, is that no? Wait, that's sad. He can't play anymore. Oh. What? What happened? Degenerative back condition or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's too bad. That's um, that lake that Joey is on. I, Sorry, I I spent like six months up on that lake about ten years ago. It's like if you're good, just going out and you want to do some like southern fun on a boat or like a jet ski or something. That's the best lake in the world for that man. It's a it's a lot of fun. Um, lake Park. It's Lake Park. It's the main lake in Lake Park, Georgia. Anyway, so I have other. There's all of these other questions that we didn't get to. 
Sean Hayden. Yeah, Bucks Twitter is the worst. Bucks Twitter is the worst. They're the worst. Are we worried about being like ninth in AAC recruiting rankings and losing four recruits this past month? Not yet. No. Um, um, no. Nick Nick answered that on Twitter, which is why I didn't answer it on here. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's why I'm good at my job and you are. Well, you. I used to be uh, terrible. Nick says uh, it was slightly concerning a few weeks ago, but then they picked up steam when camp season started. They'll be fine. I totally uh, agree. Yes, I'm not real worried about that last one. Just, I was pretty amused that the the kid whose entire family went to see yeah. who lives in Oviedo uh, used USF giving him an offer to extract an offer from C and then commit there. If, if it turns out that he's not a like AAC caliber player, that'd be a pretty big, nice win for us to make them burn a scholarship on somebody who they might not have offered had we not also offered him. Isn't he a fucking two star? I don't, man, I, I don't trust the junior recruiting ranks. Like, what were you doing when you were 16 years old? Are, do you really think you're that good yet? I wait yeah. until seen, Just wait until it's like mid-senior year, and I'll figure it out from there. See, the, and the downside is there is really not much of a downside for USF because, you know, if he was really good, he wasn't going to come here anyway. And if he's bad, well, we just made uh, a rival school burn a scholarship on him. And he gets to stay home and date the same girls that he was dating six months ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes a difference. It does. Uh, Eric Colson asks, so when do we join the SEC and become a top twin program in both basketball and football? Seriously, with the title he was given in his profile and some extreme standard changes. Yes. Uh, I think we're going to see some massive changes in staff, in marketing, how the program presents itself, in fan interaction. Be um, bullish. Well, let's hopefully hopefully we're we'll keeping that out of athletics because that's I still think that's pretty bad. We're joining the SEC next week. We did it, next guys. Week. Next week. Next week at the latest. We are the new Vanderbilt. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Has there been any news on the results of the OCS survey a few weeks back? No. Uh, I haven't heard anything. I haven't even well, asked anybody though. Uh, I mean, I think they've been kind of busy. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, and, then, and yeah, and uh, just one shout out to the Shutdown Forecast for their USF edition. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, oh man, <laughs> that was it was fun to help out, and just every single singer was fantastic. I think every joke nailed. Um. So yeah, shout out to them. If you guys don't listen to them, listen to them. They're part of the our SB nation network. They're much better than us at this, even though Ryan and Spencer are kind of, they go off the rails more than we do, which is perfect. Yeah. It's the only college football podcast where they don't really talk about college football. The one thing that I kept seeing in Twitter and on Reddit and in the comments on the website was how fucking hilarious everybody found calling C just C was. We have made it a thing, and I couldn't be prouder. I mean, I started that like what started 2013 after they threw that hissy fit during the beef of Brady's Bowl about ESPN calling them C. Florida, and we made it a thing, and now it's gone national, and I just could not be happier. If that is our legacy, it's pretty damn good legacy to have. (laughs) I'm gonna put that on my headstone. (laughs) Florida. <laughs> um, it's kind of a sad legacy, but you know, I'll take it. I think that's it 
congratulations to Michael Kelly. I think you're going to be a great hire. Um, let's have lunch. Can we, do, can we please do this pro, this uh, press conference though Friday morning? I got. It looks like I'm going to fly out Friday afternoon, and I've got a uh, Friday afternoon thing that I cannot miss. And actually, I really want to talk about that on the podcast, but I can't next week. Um, but so I really want to do this podcast, and I'm I'm just so damn excited. We finally got this right. If, if, if this guy can't fix it, the problems run deeper, you know, that's the thing. You you solve the staff problem. You solve the likability problem. You solve the connections problem. You solve the guy who doesn't understand the market problem. Now, if, if it doesn't work now, it's something else. There's something inherently wrong. But if this doesn't work, you might want to just stop playing sports. Right. Exactly. Yep. And then yeah. one final one final plug. Check out our uh, the first part one and two of the Daily Stampede Awards have gone up for some reason. Part two got buried today. I don't know why. Um, by the time you hear this, part three will be up. So check out all three parts. Um, painstakingly detailed, almost. Some people gave more <laughs> than one word answers. So yeah, check it out. I just laid off because I didn't have time to like fill it out. And I figured like saying nothing is better than just like saying one word. So, so um, yeah. Do you want to run through your awards real quick? Do you have time? Do we have time? Like if you're, if you're giving out the awards, what would you have picked? Ooh, let's see. Pull it up real quick. Yeah. We're only, I mean, we're only at 40 minutes. I mean, it's a pretty short podcast, so we can do this real quick. We actually have time. And especially yeah, all, right. all right. So I've got part one up right now. All right. It was a uh, best team. Um, not going to say women's basketball. Um, I golf, said women's golf basketball. Cra- golf crack, crap the bed in um, in the tournament. Men's tennis didn't do the five feet. Um, baseball kind of surprising, but like didn't really do it in the tournament either. <sighs> this is tough. Um, women's soccer. I'm going to go women's soccer. Carl said okay. women's soccer, so congratulations for... Uh, (laughs) Steve also said women's soccer uh, okay I feel better already all right all right Uh, next was best male athlete it was obviously Quentin Flowers let's just move on Uh, female best female athlete um there are five names here I really want to give it to Laya Flores just because I've loved watching her play so much and she's been such a rock but I don't necessarily know if she's the best player Yes, she is. Giggs, Giggs gave it to, to Giggs Laya. gave it to Laya. Laya's just a rock star. She's good. And, and she just signed a contract in Europe with a, a Spanish club. And so did Maria. Um, I picked Maria because she carried the team when Kit was ass. Maria. <laughs> problem with Maria is wow. Maria's um, not the most athletically gifted and sometimes is a bit of a liability defensively. Um, this is just pure athlete, and, not as a player. Just pure athlete, so I'm gonna go. And kids, oh, and kids, Paul George on the defensive end. Evelyn from women's soccer. She's the best yeah. damn women's soccer player Steve, we've ever had. It's not close. Steve, Jamie, Vito, Carl. All so like, it. Demi Stokes was really good, and she plays for like the national team in England. And Evelyn is like even better than her, and she's yeah. a saucy awesome one. So uh, yeah, hundred percent. Do you think Maybe. Evelyn becomes our first NWSL player, or does she go to Europe and play professionally? I think she goes to Europe and just makes a lot more money over there. And Evelyn will be, you know, she can, she will star in a World Cup. She might star in the next World Cup next year. Can yeah. her country even qualify for a World Cup? What country is she from? I thought she was French. I thought she was Swedish or like Danish. 
Oh, I don't know. Anyway, Nick, Nick picked Georgina Court. That was Your girl. Yeah, most surprising team. <sighs> Men's basketball didn't lose eighteen. Um, okay, Ryan. It, did he say that? <laughs> no, well, he, I think he, he said the most surprising thing was them fielding a team. <laughs> yeah. Men's basketball actually pulling it together and playing well at the end of the year. I kind of want to give it to them. Um, I hope surprising in a good way is better than surprising in a bad way. So, uh, yeah, I want to go that way or maybe right, soft, although softball had that dog shit start and then just, you know, still made the NCAAs and, and won the conference title. So that's, that's what, that's what Vito said a lot. Most of us said baseball. Steve said men's baseball. tennis because they had a terrible regular season. And we're a set away from becoming back-to-back-to-back champs. Yeah, pretty amazing. By the way, Evelyn Vienz is a Canadian. So, yes, we will definitely see her in a World Cup. Absolutely. Oh, good for her. I didn't uh, most disappointing team. Wow. I think there's two obvious choices. Okay. Um, a lot of us said football. And then the other half said women's basketball. No, nah, I can't give it to women's basketball. They they got beaten one game, um, and the sample size in in, in um, basketball is you know slightly less fair than the sample size in football. Although, uh, I I can't give it to football. That's for sure. Like they, I mean, they were they were they were on harsh. They were on the road field of a of a top five. What I think was one of the you know top seven or eight teams in the country last year. And if they kick off correctly, they might win that game. And if they have a little more time, they might win that game. So I can't, I can't give it to them. Um, you could go the, what Ryan said. And he said, not, not, not applicable. Wow. That was hard. He said, I was pretty happy with this year, which given the right context for sure. And I said, um, you said baseball because you're stupid. No. <laughs> just just say all say, of the running sports. Just all of the running sports are disappointing. How are we so bad at running? They're like perpetually disappointing. You know what? Oh, yeah. Then I'm, again, I don't think we try very hard at those sports. So I, I'm going to say both the, the cross country sports because if they just finished 11th instead of 12th, we win the I4, Warren I4 trophy. Um, that's that's closer. They wouldn't, we wouldn't have won. It would have been closer. We get 12 more points and they lose 12 more points, 24 point swing, and we don't win? No, because uh, baseball took two, took one no, of it, three. It was that close. If you flip those 12 or you take those out, it's a closer match. USF wins it. I don't. I, it was a cross country and then track and field. That was the, the. Okay. We lost all of those points. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Best game. Oh, USF, UCF, even though we lost it 100%. Yeah, I said being on the sideline for the final three touchdowns and seeing the highs and lows from the USF bench after each score was something I'll never forget. That man, seeing like Dearness Johnson go from yeah. static to what the fuck are we doing was uh, something else. And just the, the raw emotion on the field after, I think it's the clear cut. I know the only person who just refused to vote for that game. Uh, no, uh, Carl did men's soccer. <laughs> wow, shocker. Uh, yeah, and then Jamie did, you did the Birmingham Bowl for dunking all over that fucking IM team. <laughs> Got it. All right, uh, biggest upset. 
easy women's basketball over Ohio State. That was a, an ass beating. It's not just that they beat them, but that they whipped their ass. And Kidia played unconscious. That was amazing yeah. to watch. Most everyone said women's basketball. Vito and Carl and Josh said women's soccer for the AAC title. Uh, I picked a a non-game. I picked that USF got away with all of Oliver Antigua's antics with minor self-imposed sanctions. Ah, And then mine was that special teams coach Justin Burke kept his job after the atrocity he did with two seniors. Good luck with noobs. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Nate just gets vicious sometimes. (laughs) So uh, worst game. Um, man, can I pick the best game and the worst game? Because it was definitely the one that hurt the most. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah a couple people did that. They picked it as Yeah, pick it as both. Um, no, it's it's not the worst. The worst, I think, the worst has to be. Uh, no, that doesn't fit either. Um, because you can't really. You can't put it on baseball. No one. Steve said uh, Buffalo. Um, Jamie said the Tulsa game, the senior night game. You know, I'm going with Houston. Um, Houston football. Yep, that's where most of us went. Um, I said the Houston game cemented Sterling Gilbert's assiness as a play caller. I think I still think the Tulsa game did that even more because we already like the Houston game proved that. Okay, you call plays like this, we can get beat. And then he, he kind of shifted back to the way it should have been all year and rolled up an incredible number on UConn. And then Tulsa comes in, just a garbage fucking team, no defense, barely anybody healthy. And they had a chance to tie the game at the end because Sterling kept the minutes. Yeah. And you know what? That that was my birthday. I got a ticket for my dad. That was his first ever USF game. He saw those that first quarter and went like, this is really fun and exciting. I love this. And then it was a snoozer the rest of the game. So I'm going to, I'm going to tack one more on here. Uh, women's basketball, when they got UConn at home, not the game up there, but the one down here, the, the one that lost 100 to 49. Yeah. Uh, Giggity was with me that day. Um, oh, no. I was that they didn't, they didn't, it's not that they didn't just not play well. They didn't try real hard. And that's not that's something you can say about Fernandez team, like basically ever. Uh, yeah, like, what about men? What about the men's basketball game where they lost to East Carolina by like 45 points? Where's the win? That's pretty good, Tim. Where's the win? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the win game? (laughs) Where's the win game? That's pretty bad, too. Where's where's the win, guys? They had a couple of games this year where they didn't try real hard either, but I guess because the standards are... I think they figured it out, though. Oh, absolutely. That stretch, they were great. Once they cut... uh, uh, What's his name? Tulio. Uh, once they cut Tulio, they were great after that. They just need to get rid of him. I'm slowly scrolling down so I can see the next category, but then I don't. Next category is funniest story. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, pull, I'm pulling up uh, part three right now. This is going to oh, okay. go up at 9 a.m. Give me one second. Funniest story. Oh, but, um, oh no, that wasn't this season. Troy Holston in a. Uh, and uh, Gina Thorpe getting lost to the airport. It's sort of like the all time winner. Yeah, that was last year. <laughs> this um, wasn't as good. This wasn't as great of a comedy year as last year was. Last year was like a once a decade season of comedy for USF athletics. This one wasn't quite as funny. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. It really jumps out. Um, I think I, just, I think Nate's got the best one, though. Nate yeah, definitely has the best one. I, okay. It was. Oh uh, no, it was Anthony actually has the best. Yeah, one. I, the best I, I like mine. Sure. I, no one else will get it outside of the people in the Slack, but that was an epic moment. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so we were the Hartford game where you started shitting all over Janord, and then he hit a three-run homer. Oh, that was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes later, <laughs> I was like, "This, you know, this kid, he just, he, I, I mean, I know he's better this year, and we can't live without his bat, but." Jesus God, he just does some stuff. So, crazy and let me, let me read I what he Anthony said. And he hasn't a ball that still hasn't landed. Yeah, yeah, so Anthony's story. This may just be funny to us, but we were watching the USF Harper elimination game and chatting in the Slack channel. David Villar makes a tough play and throws it to Joe Janord, but it gets by him scoring the tying run the ninth for Hartford. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. This play. No, no, Colin, Colin goes off on Janord for a bad defensive play in a regional with Josh, Jamie, Nate, and I all defending and saying the throw by Villar was difficult. We all start dunking on Colin that nothing is good enough for him when it comes to Joey Bats. Janord should have jumped and caught that ball 25 feet above his head. It wasn't a grand slam. It was only a three-run homer. Then Nate just Janord hits a game-winning three-run homer. It should have been a grand slam, and it can call him again. Five minutes later, Villar hits a two-run single to take the lead, and then Joey Bat smacks a literal three-run homer in his very next at bat in the 11th inning. The moment was absolutely hilarious. That <laughs> was pretty funny. In my defense, it was not that the ball was 25 feet over his head. It's that he tried to hold the bag, and if he just knocks the ball down, no, that was when run. we were making fun of you for like making for calling him out for things that he couldn't control. Like if he, he could have held, like didn't into the stands. The why didn't he catch that? The ball yeah. is not in the stands. Um, I think yeah. he tried to hold the bag. I tried, I tried so hard to explain that without actually pulling evidence from Slack. I mean, a throw picture. could have gone sailing into the dugout, and Colin would have blamed Janord for not stopping it going in the dugout, even though he was like a hundred feet away from it. It was not that bad a throw. It was. Um, this is a hypothetical, Colin. We're not talking about a real thing that happened. Uh, the the funniest story for I think most of us is just getting to dunk all over that team in Lubbock after the Birmingham Birmingham Bowl after they called Quint Flowers a glorified running back, and then on the podcast that they did after the after the game, they called him a glorified court running back again. It's like just fucking stop it already. He threw for three bills in one half, okay? He threw all over your asses for like 290 yards in two quarters and put an absolute dime in Tyree McCant's hands with like 20 seconds left to win the game. The last pass he ever threw in a USF uniform was just right on the money to beat your sorry asses. Have a nice day. Yep. Preach. Um, so biggest controversy. Um, well, we, there's a there lot was one more funny story. There was one more funny story. We didn't talk about the... Uh, the ECU Joe Janord uh, oh, flip incident. Oh, that was fantastic. That was the, the greatest George Joe Janord. We were trying to look for it today. We we're looking for a gift today. To because like this, this hire was a home run, and I wanted the Joe Janord bat flip home run gift. But I so Coco Coco Montes sent me the video of it on Twitter, like through my DMs. But there's no way for me to save it. Like I couldn't save the video that he sent me, so I tried to find it on Twitter and be, and I just couldn't do it. So can you send we'll me the DM? Out. I can, I have a gift maker. I can just like off my screenshot. I could just make a gift. If I can see the video, I can make a gift of it. All right. Uh, I may just have to like do like a screen record and then send it, send that to you. That's fine. Okay. 
Um, I guess that's what. All right, biggest controversy. There's a lot. Oh boy. Um, now we do have to keep this to sports. So, like Judy's brother's company hiring illegal immigrants under the table. I mean, normally that would win, but that's not a sports story. Right. I'm going. I'm going. Kayvon Dingle. Um, yep. Just not and not the kid, but the dead silence from the department. I just don't understand it. I still don't understand it. And I'm I'm going to assume the guy that was directing it is no longer here. So let's see. What I said was Charlie Strong's silence after Kayvon Dingle was arrested. The school uh, the school silence after all the charges were dropped. The last act of athletic director Mark Harlan being that he didn't even submit a bid to host an NCAA regional. Uh, Harlan giving. USF 40 minutes notice before the Utah press release went out. Registrar's office forgetting to input Alyssa Raiders' grades prior to the Oklahoma game, making her ineligible. Damn, forgot and about that. Judy, yeah. And then Judy Genshaft making millions off the backs of illegal immigrants. There's just too many things to pick from. Those are all like totally could all win. And then Ryan said football offensive play calling. <laughs> it's up there too. <laughs> Um, the not bidding is kind of ridiculous and Harlan leaving 43 days after he signed an extension is kind of crazy too. So yeah. I'm going, going with either one of us. All right. What's next? Uh, best coaching job. Um, uh, Kenny, cause they turned it around cause they were bad. You know what? No one said Ken. Wow, really? Brian, yeah. I'm going Brian Gregory, Kenny, or Jose. No love for uh, no, Yeah. Maybe one, Billy. two, three, four. Four of us went for Billy. Two gave it to Jose. Nick gave it to Brian. And Ryan gave it to Quentin Flowers. I'm going to go Brian Gregory because that team was okay. dog spit and, and they were still playing. Really now you're hard. censoring yourself. Yeah, they were dog. Sh- okay, they were dog shit, and now they they really turned it around. So I'm going that way. All right, all right. For real though, this is it. Let's do a proper outro. Bubbles. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Stay on brand, God damn it! I give you no. a podcast. You can't screw it up. Stay on brand. I can't be bullish. Fuck you. <laughs> do, do we see Adidas stuff before July 1 or are we? Not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably uh, see we, it at the press conference. We've already started seeing it. Um, players, but yeah, players have been wearing cleats at the 6 a.m. Uh, Adidas cleats at oh, the 6 a.m. Yeah. workouts. Um, campers are getting Adidas stuff. Charlie Strong has his Adidas uh, turtleneck, so he's set. <laughs> he just got a closet full of about 80 of them lined up like Nancy and Sluggo. I know. <laughs> it's like, this is white, and this is a slightly lighter white. <laughs> he's got his baby turtlenecks, and he's like 50 pairs of shorts, and he's like 40 pairs of sandals on the floor. That's all he's got. That's his entire wardrobe. That's all he needs. Give me one of those turtlenecks, though, because those are awesome, but you can't. So. Oh, by the way, good news. Uh, Bulls, by the way, if you haven't bought your Bulls block party tickets yet, go buy them now. The event, what day is the damn event? August, August 25th. August 25th. Go buy your tickets. Um, happy to say that uh, uh, my current employer, 813 Air, is going to be um, part of the event as well. But we're uh, just, honestly, it's a great day. And 
now we got a little bit to be excited about for the future of the Bulls, not just the football season, which I think would I was certainly optimistic about anyway, probably more so than the average bear. And now just about the direction of where we're going and things like that. And it's man, they're going to shake it up a little. And so get out there, go support the Bulls. I think tickets are like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. So worth it. Get, I mean, they're looking at about 1500 Bulls fans out there in Ebor this year. So go buy your tickets now. A little plug for the alumni association too. They do. A yeah, absolutely. There are very few other places you get to have Matt Grothy grab your wife's ass. Fair. End of podcast.